0: Pantheon Podcast. This is Nick Sing Nicholas. Used to be in Steppenwolf.
1: History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts.
0: Let's rock out with Martin. Well, hello again. Martin Popoff here, back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon. I am pleased, as always, to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. Okay, so this new episode... This is going to be a fun one because I get to talk about some of my favorite bands ever and bands that we have not talked about on this show before. Uh, Most of them, maybe all of them. Uh, Anyways, this episode we are going to be calling Brain Augmentation for Rush Fans. Okay, so... I've had Rush on the Brain quite a bit lately. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I did a Rush book back in 2003. I did a book called Rush Album by Album, which is my only Rush book still available. You can get that at martinpopoff.com. I did a book called Rush Illustrated History, and I've got three Rush books coming out uh, over the next uh, couple of years. So a lot of Rush on the Mind these days. Um, But this actually relates more to having Rush on the Mind when I've been part of... The, uh, the awesome Rush Conventions, which I wish were still around. There are some new ones coming up. There's going to be a cool Toronto one coming soon. There's a St. Louis one I've been part of uh, bef- uh, as well. Um, but I've spoken at these Rush Conventions, and one of the things I always wanted to talk about at these things is moving beyond Rush, uh, the way Grateful Dead has moved uh, beyond to have this family. You know, when... You know, in the old days when there would be fan club uh, magazines, you'd pretty much run out of things to talk about eventually, and then you'd say, if you like X band, you're going to like Y and Z band, or Z band, being a Canadian. Um, So... You know, this has always happened with Rush fans. Rush fans are very smart. They're very inquisitive. They aren't so focused on just uh, Getty, Alex, and Neil. Uh, so they have branched out into other things. But I want to talk about some of those key bands they have branched out into or could or perhaps should. I'll recommend that they branch out into. Uh, So that's what this is all about. Brain augmentation for Rush fans. I have given um, talks, like I say, similar to this. Well, actually, here's why I bring that up. Because let's play our first one. I've given a whole talk on this band at a Rush Con before. So let's play some music right now, and uh, and then let's discuss why I picked this one as a uh, band for brain augmentation for Rush fans. Take a listen. This is Max Webster with America's Veins.
1: I wanna put
0: All right. So Max Webster, I, I picked a band. Okay. First off Canadian band. This is a band that's always considered the baby rush. Why are they considered the baby rush? Um, they, they were under the same management as rush, uh, down, down on Carlton street here in Toronto. Um, Terry Brown produced their first three albums plus their live album. Uh, Hugh Syme got involved with the artwork. Um, And Rush took them on tour. uh, You know, most of their early tours, when they had a support band, that support band was Max Webster. Max Webster. I've often considered one of my favorite bands of all time. I may even do a whole episode on this idea, but I have this idea that that many of my favorite bands of all time got in and out before five or six albums be, before they were allowed to screw up, before before, you know, the duds started coming. Max Webster's one of these like this. Um, you know, the other big similarity is that um, you know, Rush and Max Webster together actually did a song together, a, a very, you know, a rarity for that to happen called Battlescar, which was on Max Webster's last album, Universal Juveniles. But I wanted to play you this little clip to show that, you know, they are they are a pretty heavy band, but I wanted to show Gary McCracken, their drummer, and those highly tuned toms. You know, one of the stories goes that when, when Max was on stage... Uh, playing, Neil would actually get on his kit, which was set up behind Gary's drum kit, and play along with Gary, not mic'd up. Of course, Gary is mic'd up, and he'd actually purposely try to screw him up just to make him a better drummer all the time. So these guys had a great camaraderie, and Gary is an amazing, amazing drummer. And uh, And so on this song that you just heard, you can hear you know, Terry Brown's uh production. Of course, Terry Brown is the producer of uh uh what, all the Rush albums all the way through Signals. Um so Terry is also involved with this band in a big way. And uh and so Max Webster is also a little bit like Rush in that they are, you know, quote unquote, you know, this is a this is an odd box, but they are a progressive metal band or a progressive hard rock band. Max Webster had the difference being um the difference being that uh, they had keyboards in the band. Another similarity to bring up, their leads, uh, their, um, their lyricist, their lead lyricist, put it that way because Terry Watkinson does lyrics as well. Their lyricist is, uh, is outside of the band. Pai Dubois, good friend of mine, amazing guy. I love his lyrics. He's one of my favorite lyricists of all time. But Pai has actually had a few lyrics show up on Rush albums later. Um, and you know, the big one being Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer is uh, a collaboration, not really a collaboration. The way he would work with Neil is, uh, is Pi would, uh, you know, w- when the occasion came that, hey, let's include a Pie lyric on an album, Pi would give Neil a whole bunch of stuff and Neil would sift through it, find lines he likes and put it into a cogent form. Um, so, Pi is a little more hippy dippy, psychedelic. Um, and then Neil would, would sort of slam these things uh, in, into shape. And like I say, the big one is uh, Tom Sawyer. Um, okay, so moving on in our brain augmentation for Rush fans here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, uh, take a listen to this. This is No Means No with Heaven is the Dust Beneath My Shoes. Open. so again another Canadian band Um, this is also one of my favorite bands of all time Uh, you know I've often quipped lately on Facebook or wherever that I've played more of The Damned the band called The Damned uh, more than any band of the last 20 years Uh, No Means No would be a close second No Means No The Damned The Jam ZZ Top those are probably Clutch also those are probably the five bands that I've played the most in the last 20 years uh no means no are a Victoria band, Vancouver, Victoria, um, and uh, they are considered the punk rush. Now, you know this is one where I feel like I'm proselytizing and getting to do that satisfying thing where I turn people onto bands. Please, please go listen to this band again, just like Pi Du Some of the greatest lyrics you will ever see in your life. I think their song "Our Town." Are the greatest lyrics I've ever read in a song. Unbelievable. Um, and I picked this one because um, you get to. Well, first of all, they are a trio like Rush, so they are truly the punk Rush. Uh, super highly regarded band. Super eccentric. Um, their records are quite tough to listen to. Some of it is is noisy and dissonant and frustrates the fans. Some of it is um, some of it is more accessible. They have some things that feel like straight ahead punk. They have things that are very proggy punk. Hence. The the title, uh, the the Punk Rush. You know, I picked this one for a couple of reasons. Um, the drummer, there's two, there's two brothers. So first of all. Rob Wright is the vocalist and bassist. What other band has a vocalist and bassist? Um, and they also have um, he also has a very sort of um, you know dirty distorted sound a la Getty Lee and Chris Squire and uh, and Lemmy that sort of idea John Entwistle. Um, and he plays some pretty complicated bass lines while he's singing so there's a similarity there. They've got this great great drummer in John Wright um, you know who does a lot of things where I'm when I'm walking to work here in Toronto sometimes I I imagine, wouldn't it be cool if Rush covered No Means No a couple of times? That would be cool, because I can see these beats being played by Neil so much. Um, Tom Holliston on guitar, just like Alex. He kind of plays a chromatic color color and texture role quite often because the drums and bass are so busy. I also picked this song because it is one of their scathing, scathing, sort of atheist, um, you know... Uh, uh, diatribes, uh, what one would say. I mean, I-, I think there's some there's some similarity there between uh, Neil and No Means No. Uh, this this sort of dark view of life and this uh, and this atheist view of life. Um, but this song is just a just a, an epic classic from start to finish. It's funny too. Um, a lot of their stuff is really funny. Uh, but they do things that seem like they're actively undermining their career, which you'll hear when you play the rest of this song. There are some weird little crazy things going on. Well, the verses, I mean, go play this band. They're amazing. Uh, and why, the other reason I wanted to play this one. Is uh, it's off of my favorite No Means No album, which tragically happens to be the last No Means No album, all the way back to two thousand six. All roads lead to House fart, but they they have other great great albums as well. None is a cool album. Wrong is the album that got them this tag, the punk rush. This goes all the way back to nineteen eighty nine, and their roots go back to nineteen seventy nine. So so essentially, you know, as time goes on and we get decades and decades away, they're actually not that um, they're not that much younger or of, a, of another generation from Rush. Granted, you could, you could take Rush, Rush's roots all the way back to 1969, even though the first album is, is 1974. But no, an incredible band. Um, they're the band you might not have thought of as much uh, in this episode, but go play their stuff. You want to see top-flight lyrics, lyrics that are better than Neil's, I would say, dare say, uh, over time. I love his lyrics. You know, I actually prefer even Pai Dubois' lyrics over Neil's lyrics the canon of lyrics. Um, you know, it's just a personal preference of um for no means no, it's the um it's the humor and the incredible darkness as well uh, mixed together. Um they're just very colorful. There's there's great lines coming all the time. That's why I love their lyrics so much. And Pi, Pi is more for this playful, innocent quality, this psychedelic quality, this imagistic quality, a lot of color uh, in what Pi does. Okay, so let's take a break. Let's hear from our sponsors, and we shall be right back.
1: When we dropped the first few episodes of Rock and Roll Archaeology into the feed three and a half years ago, little did we know that this telling of rock and roll history would become a pantheon of rock and roll podcasts. Since many of you first joined us on our rock and roll exploration, the halls of the rock and roll pantheon have filled... With shows like Deeper Digs in Rock, Rock and Roll Librarian, Muses, Art of Rock with Caution Friends, Real Rock with the Reverend Andy King, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, Vinyl Snob, and more. We are proud of this one-of-a-kind approach to an audio magazine of high-quality shows. That is Pantheon, and thank you for your support. We couldn't have done it without you, our diggers who listen to all of our shows. And now we are excited to let you know that every show available as part of Pantheon can be found in their own podcast feed to subscribe to in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the shows you've come to love we look forward to adding more shows to fill the halls here in our pantheon of rock
0: and roll and find them all at pantheonpodcast.com keep up the rockin okay back again history and five songs with martin popoff this episode is called brain augmentation for rush fans um let's take a listen to this this is voivod with twin dummy Okay, so Voivod, uh, another Canadian band. i uh, got news for you. This is our last Canadian band of, of uh, our five, so this is our third Canadian band. That was from 1991's Angel Rat, which is produced by, ta-da, Terry Brown. Um, so Voivod are considered the, what would you call them, the thrash rush. Um, they're the, um, they're, they're definitely a progressive metal band. I mean, if you, if you don't even consider Rush a progressive metal band, I consider them the very first progressive metal band. Forget about King Crimson, Van der Generator, whatever, Kansas Sticks. Um, so, so Rush I consider the first progressive metal band, but this is squarely squarely a progressive metal, you know, as in progressive metal, not progressive heavy metal, not progressive hard rock, not pro- progressive classic rock. Voivod is a very tough tough heavy band. Uh this album they lightened up a fair bit and there is some of that uh that Terry Brown influence in there. But the earlier albums are really uncompromising. They're almost a com- combination of you know, dirty, distorted Venom warfare motorhead and thrash, uh, with prog elements. Um, but they are getting more proggy at this time. Later on, they would actually get less proggy, but, um, they are very proggy during this period. And, um, you know, Michelle away Langevin, uh, big, big prog fan, big rush fan. I had him as one of the, uh, our panel in the rush album by album book. Um, you know, growing up in uh, in not rural. I I was corrected on this once. It's a pretty big town, but anyways, Quebec. Not you know not Montreal. Not not Quebec City. Not Toronto. Um, so they're growing up. They're they're just like soaking in life through uh, through these albums. They love their heavy metal, but they also love their prog. So they were big. You know, ELP and Magma and Genesis and Rush fans um, and Denny D'Amour, Piggy. You know, he has a very Alex Lifeson-type uh, approach to, uh, you know, odd chordings and jazziness. They, they um, you know, they have odd time signatures, complicated songs. But the other thing that makes them a progressive rock fan and similar to Rush is they are very conceptual. This is a band that's conceptual even more so than Rush. I mean, it's basically Voivod, Saga, and Blue Oyster Cult are three that come to mind that have been, you know, conceptual across albums with the same sort of storyline stuff. Um, and And in uh, Michelle's case, it's sort of a sci-fi thing, a fear of nuclear war. Um, But yeah, so Rush is a progressive band. You know, one of the tenets of being progressive is you have to have concept albums. Rush never had a full concept album until their last album, but, you know, they had concept sides along the way, but Voivod is very conceptual. And the other similarity is that, uh, or, or crossover, is that Rush recognized Voivod enough to have them open on a couple of Canadian shows. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a highlight, a career highlight for the Voivod guys because they worshipped what Rush was doing, but, you know, Voivod, again, was just a way heavier thing. So, you you know, the way that, uh, pop is essentially pop music and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, not logical to like coffee and beer, but you move on to stronger stuff as you grow up. Well, you know, I, uh, I implore some Rush fans to try some of this stronger stuff. No means no is very strong stuff. Voivod is very strong stuff. Um, so this is a, this is a point beyond Rush. If you want to say growing up from accessibility and classic rock and poppiness, if you want to try some stronger stuff, um, you know, a Voivod is for you. I just want to make another point about what I'm picking for, for, for here as well. I wanted to pick stuff that wasn't particularly Really, really new, because to me, new means it's the age of desktop metal. It's the age of perfection. Anything can be done. You know, how many drummers can run rings around anything Neil ever did? Well, you know, many. And the reason is, is because things progress as time moves on. Everything gets faster and better. Sports records get broken. This is a whole nother episode or a whole nother story or theory that I have. Uh, But, you know, many of these bands um it it's it's pretty wild i mean i i can listen to uh, you know the first few minutes of uh, of uh, you know dozens and dozens and dozens of moments across proggy bands now and say that that point right there that throwaway little fill is actually more complicated than these super celebrated thrills fills that are the greatest fills of all time uh you know that come from neil and why are they the greatest because neil was a pioneer he was there doing them first that's why it's important you know the the fills on tom sawyer or whatever um so so yeah moving on um here's another band that's going to be an obvious one um and uh they fit in here for different reasons take a listen to this this is dream theater with uh, a little snippet of the great debate Right, so that song's like something like 13 minutes long or something. It's from uh, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. It's their sixth album, 2002. Why did I pick Dream Theater? Dream Theater is almost like the most obvious band. The first band that a Rush fan goes to as their second favorite band. I mean, that's a huge generalization, but Dream Theater were a band that came along, a New York band, they happen to have a Canadian singer in James Labrie, but they're a Canadian band, kind of like Skid Row, right? I mean, an American band from from the East Coast, like Skid Row, but with a Canadian singer. Um, but Dream Theater are a band that, you know, they they come from that Berkeley thing. They're almost like the $6 million man version of uh, of Rush guys. It's like, you know, if, if a bunch of... Uh, if a bunch of, uh, you know, dedicated, obsessive Rush fans sat around and they were also metalheads and they were also the next generation and said, let's just do everything Rush did, but 10 times better. You know, like Phil uh, Phil Anselmo from Pantera, I'll, I'll always remember this thing where he says, you know, the thing about our band is, uh, you know, the money riff. We played the money riff all the time. So Dream Theater are almost like playing the money riff of Rush all the time. They're the efficient robotic almost too perfect this is the this is one of the frustrations people have with dream theater they're almost too much all the time too perfect the records come out too fast the records are too long everything's super complicated they're heavy the productions are perfect um, but you know, This is like, give the people what they want in a way, you know, you know, a rush fan would sit there and say, what would be the perfect band for me? It would be dream theater. And then when they get it, they go, well, I didn't want it this perfect. So yeah, it's, it's funny. It's a, it's a big debate that you can have. Well, this song is called the great debate, isn't it? Um, But yes, Mike Portnoy, you know, I had him also as one of the panelists in my Rush uh, album by album book, which again, by the way, is the only one of my books uh, on Rush that is in print actually right now until the new one that's coming out in a few months. Um, But... um, so, so Mike Portnoy, and, and also, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, my first Rush book that's coming out shortly, Anthem, which is, uh, yeah, it's called Anthem Rush in the 70s. I'm uh, Mike doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to ask him to see if he wants to uh, blurb the uh, the back cover and have a quote on it and have an advanced reading copy, which is out. Um, but he is like the uber-Rush fan. He was in the Rush movie we worked on with Banger Films um uh, beyond the lighted stage, you know, he was almost like the first guy you think of. So he is, he is like the next stage, like I say, the, the, the next perfect. What, what if you, uh, what if you made the perfect uh, cyborg version of Neil Peart? It would be Mike Portnoy. So, so Mike was a, you know, and also the, the cool thing about Mike is he is, he is the, uh, one, of the, one of the leaders of Dream Theater, and he's a drummer. So that's kind of cool with Rush, too. You know, Rush has these, these uh, equals, but Rush has this odd situation where the drummer is the lyricist, uh, and Mike is one of the leaders of, uh, of Dream Theater, um, so that was kind of cool as well. Uh, but John Petrucci, everybody loved Rush in that band. Um, so uh, so there you go. There's kind of an obvious one. Okay, moving on. We are up to number five in our history in five songs with Martin Popov. Um, take a listen to this. This is Porcupine Tree with Fear of a Blank Planet.
1: So Rush is Is it God to me? A finger on the switch. My mother is a bitch, my pop.
0: All right. So what do, what do I love about this band? I love everything about this band. And this is one of my favorite albums of all time. It almost I almost think of this band as uh, as almost the reason where Rush would look around and say, "You know what? We're getting obsolete. We should hang up our skates." To be Canadian about it. Um and, uh, and, and almost like as a, as a telegraphing or a signposting that, uh, that Rush was aware of Porcupine Tree, uh, Alex Lifeson uh, guest guitar solos on a song on here called Anesthetize. But what I love about Porcupine Tree is that, like Dream Theater, they are the, the post-Rush perfect progressive metal band. Uh, they're not as heavy as Dream Theater— They're not uh, as—I feel—I hate saying this because everybody always sort of dumps on dream theater for these reasons. But, you know, I'll tell you, in the rock critic community, every rock rock critic is kind of like— They never feel that they learn the Dream Theater albums perfectly. They always feel there's somebody who knows Dream Theater better than they do. So I personally have always been apprehensive to review their albums. Um, You know, I've interviewed Dream Theater many times. um, But reviewing their albums, I always feel, ah, there's got to be some Uber fan out there that knows them so much better. So Dream Theater, there's always this kind of wall up. Porcupine Tree, similarly as well. I mean, Porcupine Tree is a great... Band for the music snobs um you know they are they're a super intellectual kind of band um and what i love about this record okay so first of all uh it's it's the second to last uh porcupine tree record it's it's quite quite amazing but you know this band has always been kind of a buzz band they never really broke through but you know shockingly they broke up after the next record the incident and steven wilson went solo and now he's doing better than Porcupine Tree ever did as a solo artist. He's a little more proggy even still than Porcupine Tree was. Porcupine Tree had their metal elements, which you hear in this in this uh, song. But what I love about this band, uh, you know, Gavin Harrison on drums, incredible, incredible drummer, and, you know, dare I say the next step forward and possibly... Uh, I enjoy listening to him even more than I listen to enjoy listening to Neil Peart. And the crazy thing about Gavin, you know, he's gone on to the most progressive gig you can possibly get, which is playing for King Crimson. King Crimson is wacky. They are way out there, um, you know, three drummers two drummers yeah i think it's three drummers up there and gavin is one of them um so incredible incredible band colin edwin on bass um you know this is a band that always had clean bass they didn't have buzz bass like getty so i, I wouldn't draw too many comparisons between colin um the vocals, there's nothing There's nothing like Rush vocals. And this is a band with uh, Richard Barbieri from Japan. He he is a keyboardist, so they're a band with keyboards as well. Um, they have a little bit trancey stuff. They started uh, a little bit more electronic than they eventually became. Um, but they essentially eventually became, squarely, a progressive metal band, but light on the metal. Uh, and this, again, the other reason why I love this record... One of the all-time masterpieces of rock history is that it is such a cool concept album. It's about um, you know the blankness and the emptiness of being a youth in uh, in Britain. Um, you know, just being like a slave to the TV and your video games and all that kind of stuff. Just a just a searing, searing um, you know uh, look at uh, at. The decay of British society. I mean, people have talked about the decay of British society in so many ways, in so many different aspects. But you know, Stephen just comes up with a brilliant, brilliant idea here, and they just couldn't—they just couldn't uh, surpass it. I mean, I I think the incident isn't as good an album uh, as this. Um, So yeah, incredible record, and that is our last one. So these are all bands that, for various reasons. Uh, Rush fans I think most Rush fans if you have an open mind could appreciate um there's a couple that are squarely in the orbit there are a couple that are a little wacky here and Voivod and No Means No out of all these bands I swear the one I want you to go listen to most and explore is is No Means No I mean Sam Sam grew up in Victoria Sam Dunn from Banger Films I work at Banger Films um, a lot and uh And basically, Sam and I have, you know, commiserated over, you know, Sam, one of his pet projects, he would love to do a no means no documentary. And we've talked about it, you know, from time to time. I think that would be amazing. Sam actually had, I think it was his own basement, uh, when he lived in Victoria, the no means no guys, there was some crossover there. I'm starting to forget the story, but he was, he was able to watch these guys, uh, you know, rehearse in either his basement or his buddy's basement or something. So it's really cool. And I love that Sam is a no means no fan. I think that's just the coolest thing in the world. Um, But, uh, but yeah, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, just, just lyrical geniuses. The lyrics are unbelievable. They are the darkest thing you will ever read and they are the funniest thing you will ever read or hear. I mean, here, I mean, the delivery is incredible as well. Um. Just a great band. You know, I've taken friends out to see them live. Sometimes they will play a set that you just love and connect with, and they're the more accessible songs. Sometimes, I swear, the, the last time I took a buddy of mine, Alan Grusey, to see them live, um, I barely recognized any of the songs. That's how obscure they can be live. So they are they are just this crazy actively—the album covers are strange. They have EPs, live stuff— they they literally—it's almost like they have this adversarial relationship with fandom, and they don't want people to be fans of them. So you have to go in there and and mine for those gems. But when you find them—I'm uh, telling you, Rush fans, when you find them— Uh, If you if you listed your favorite Rush songs and No Mean No songs altogether, the top 10 would all be No Means No songs. Ah, okay. So there you go. We're done. I wanted to mention one other honorable mention that I didn't include in this. There's a band called Tiles out of Detroit. They've had three albums produced by Terry Brown. Uh, They also have uh, used Hugh Syme artwork. Chris Heron there, the guitarist leader of the band, interviewed him a few times, met him, cool dude. But an interesting thing about this Tiles band is that they are one of the few rare bands, a little bit like Porcupine Tree, but even more so, that sounds like 90s rush, if you can believe it. So go check out Tiles. Interesting, interesting band. Um, So there you go. That wraps it up for this episode of History and Five Songs with Martin pop-off. We called this one Brain Augmentation for Rush Fans. I hope to be at more Rush Cons, and I hope there are more Rush Cons, whether it's the official Rush Con put on by the gals, or uh, or these other ones, the Toronto, the St. Louis, but at these Rush Cons, I want to give more talks about this kind of thing. I want to turn Rush fans on to more bands that, uh, that they would like. So that's why I enjoyed doing this episode. Until next time, uh, go listen to some of these bands. Uh, we shall see you for a Another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff uh, again soon. Bye now. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology.
1: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football